Okay, so you move along there, up to there. Ooh, 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 ooh. So if you land on this one, right? Yeah. You get to pick up one of those cards from there. Ooh, ooh, what does it say? What does it say? <gasps> so, right, let's see. We've got, uh, ah, you meet uh, some queer trans ladies ooh. who will tell you about their week. Uh, so you get to keep that, right? Oh, I get to keep that? Yeah, yeah, you get to keep that. That's worth, uh, I think, two victory points at the end. Oh, fantastic. Right, okay, my go... Three, okay, yep. This is an encounter, so I have to draw one from the encounter pile. Ooh, ooh. So, you yeah, up that's some video games talk. Okay, so I've got to use one of my cards from my hands. So, like you just picked up those, uh, I'm going to use my uh, plus three skits, mm-hmm. and that will defeat those. So I get to keep both of those, <gasps> and, and that goes as a victory point for me. That's just one victory point. Just, just but, but your go. Oh, and that's a uh, two. Okay, so you get another one from that pile. Oh, go on! There we go. There we go. Excellent. So you you just you can get that one to keep. That that's just a bonus of things that that were listened to and, and played. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. So that's an extra four points. So as that was the tenth round, that's the final one. So let's tot up the the scores. Oh, see, so you you got into the top ranking. That means you're a queer and pleasant stranger. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and what we've been up to and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a catch up. That's us, we do that. We do that. We do How that. are you doing? I'm alright. I'm alright. It was a busy weekend. Yeah, we, we had a weekend at home without anything out the housey we had to do. But we still had a lot to do. Yes, we, we, we cracked out our new sewing machine and had a very <laughs> sewing heavy weekend. We did. We sewed like the Dickens. Yeah. You know how that is. Yeah, I sewed like 35 patches onto a hoodie, I think. And I sewed most of my cosplay for MCM. I'm going to go as Tentacle Laverne from Day of the Tentacle. Yes, you are. And it's looking awesome so far. Yeah, I'm impressed with how it's come out. I'm already thinking this is it's not going to be washable ever. I don't think. Um, all the colours uh, going to run. Okay, yeah, there's that. It's. I probably should have thought to suggest maybe do a wash on the fabrics before you sew them together. Oh well, but that's fine. This is the way cosplays go sometimes. It's a one use of maybe dry clean only. Yeah, yeah, but. It was a really nice weekend. It was, it was. a much-needed chill, and we had some time to enjoy media together, which yeah. ultimately is important. We've got a show. <laughs> we've got. We have to engage with media. It's been a while since we've had time to have a weekend where we just sat down and enjoyed some media we, and just got on with well, stuff, like where we watched a th- like did a thing together and like got through a whole thing in a in a weekend, like where, where we just sat down and went, "We're going to get through this," but like. So far, we had a lot of partying during the summer. We had a lot of weekends out. We've like been visiting people. This is always us in the summer. We have we have busy summers. Yeah, we get from like sort of um, end of May through till start of September. We were just like, nope, booked up. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so simultaneously doing a lot and feeling like we've not done that done a lot. <laughs> so yeah, there was that. Yeah, but yeah, um, we got to enjoy some media. Uh, what have you? Her laid. Well, 
I've been playing more Pokemon this week. Pokemon! Because the new Pokemons aren't out yet, and I've continued to do my <laughs> um my quest to, to go and catch them all and get all the shiny ones in all the games and whatnot. You've had lots of generous folk offering you nice things. Yeah, I've been doing much of trading. I've been doing much shiny hunting myself. I've had some very generous people who've really helped me get a good start on my shiny hunt because... Mm-hmm. There's about 800 and something. I think it's like 802 species of Pokemon at this point. Somewhere in the region of 800. Mm-hmm. And most of them have shiny forms. And that's a lot of Pokemon to to manage, let alone to go out and find. And granted, I have like 150 of them. So I'm like, eh, like a seventh of the way there. But some people have been very helpful and sent me some Pokemon. But all of those very generous gifts I've received of, of shiny Pokemon to get me started have taught me how terribly designed the um, Pokemon management system in the 3DS games is. Tell us about it. Yeah. So I've been spoiled. Because you know how I did that that shiny hunt in Let's Go Pikachu? Yeah, you did. On the Switch. Uh-huh. Um, that's really nice and easy, in that you can organise uh, all of the Pokemon you have caught by a bunch of different metrics. So you can go in your, your big bag of Pokemon and go... I want to sort these by the order I caught them, or by ones that I favourited, or by shiny ones, or by, um, the most importantly, I want to sort them by the order in the Pokedex, so they're sorted in numerical order, and I can see what I'm missing. Um, Pokemon Ultra Sun, which is the newest, the most recent 3DS game, and Pokemon Bank, which is the, like, online cloud storage place for storing Pokemon that will eventually transfer forward to the Switch games... Neither of them has an, has good options for... You can't just select all of your Pokemon and go, sort all my Pokemon by this. Mm. That That's just not an option. Um, beyond that, you know how if you're rearranging icons on like a smartphone screen, and you sort of... You, you hold down for a second to pick something up and you move it, and you sort of hold it between two icons, it'll push them sort of yeah. both to the side and you can drop it in between them? No, this does not do that. Um... So if any of you had a 3DS, the 3DS menu is really annoying to organise. Because while you can rearrange the positions of, of tiles and icons, you can only swap the positions of two tiles. You can't slot something in between two tiles. No. Which is bad enough on the 3DS's menu screen when you've got maybe like 20 or 30 things to organise, probably at most, on a on the size SD card that will fit in there. Uh, when you're dealing with like 800 Pokemon, and yeah, that could get quite complicated. Um, I was doing my best to sort them into batches and to sort of leave some space and to put things in roughly the positions that they they would go in their batch, and you know, making sure I didn't miss any. But when you're looking at hundreds of Pokemon and their numbers over and over and over and over again for a couple of hours, your brain turns to sludge. You stop noticing things properly. And the big problem I had was when I'd get to, like, I missed a Generation 1 Pokemon and didn't put it in its spot, and I'm now on Gen 3, and the only way to get it into the correct slot is swap, 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 swap. Can't you have them in different boxes? Uh, you can, but even then, like, the boxes only hold, like, 30 things each. Ooh. Um... So yeah, like, as you can see, I currently have the first three generations of shiny Pokemon sorted, so look at all, on the bottom screen, look at all these beautiful shiny Pokemon. Is it not worth having, like, a blank box between generations? Uh, that, that is what I'm going to do, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in there, but I've, for now, I've literally just been trying to get them in the correct order so I can then work out what my organisational system properly is gonna be, but I'm like, 
I the, that's the other problem is there is only a limited number of boxes in general. Like I think you have something like thirty two boxes in the game itself to work with, which if you do the rough maths, that's about nine hundred and sixty slots for Pokemon and about eight hundred Pokemon. Thirty slots to a box. You can't really afford to leave a, a box's space yeah. too frequently. Um because like you've not got a huge amount of overhead for duplicates for non-shiny stuff that you're currently using in-game, like, there's not a lot of extra space to work with. Mm. So, yeah. I, I thought about doing a system where I was like, we'll have this box be Pokemon numbers 1 through 30 in the Pokedex, the next box will be 2 through 60, any duplicates I'll put somewhere else, and then I realised, what do I do about, say, Alolan forms? Like, I can't put the normal and the Alolan on the same space, and if I put the Alolan one on the next space, that's completely thrown my whole system. Why don't you just have a separate box for Alolan? Well, that's, again, that is an option, and all of these are things I have have considered and that are on the table, but for now I'm just like, let's just get them in order so that I can work out what to do next. Mm. Um, I feel like... That that was the mistake I made, was letting myself build up a couple of hundred Chinese and then go, oh, I probably should have started this organisation system like right at the start. So I'm putting the time in now to sort it out so that it will hopefully be less of an issue going forward. Yikes. Um, yeah, considering Pokemon Bank, this online storage thing, its whole purpose is to be, here is where you sort and organise your Pokemon. It should really be better organised than this. Mm. This is not a good organisational... St- Tool. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it last week. I'm, um, I might not have even been ready last week. I finished Deadly Premonition. Oh yeah, you did. I, I got to see you finish that. Yeah. How are you feeling now it's finished? It was way less offensive than I was expecting. I'll be honest. You, you see, like I'm not saying it's not offensive, but oh, like no. No, no, you no, see no, what no. I mean when I said when I was trying to be like, D- don't don't worry that it's going to be as bad as an Ace Ventura or something. Because hmm. like, how, how do I put this? The character that w- that we were a bit concerned about, um, the main character doesn't you know judge them. No. Um, there is a moment at the end where they get grouped in with a series of women and don't get singled out. No. Like, there's some oddly, oddly yeah. good things. That group is simply referred to as the girls. Yeah. It's, so, cool. It, for, for this kind of thing, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. And particularly considering, like, you know, a, a decade ago, this, that's pretty alright. Yeah. 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 And the the final bosses, <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, there's some some escalation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Uh so that game is broken and buggy and weird and confusing. But in the but, most wonderful but, like, way. Kind of great though, isn't yeah. it? It's it's weirdly lovable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um and. I'm glad I play it. I, I I played it, and I'm super ready for the sequel. I'm very intrigued to see how much improved or not a sequel will be mechanically. Like, can I? I don't know. Can they get away with making it that broken a second time? If they fix it, will people be like, "Oh, it's lost its charm"? Like, I I don't know what 
to expect out of a sequel to this. Well, having finished the game, I then went and watched the like release trailer again. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm picking some things up here. Like, firstly, yeah. the fact that, well, the character models look a lot better, but weirdly cartoony in an almost um, Kingdom Hearts kind of way. Yeah. Like, when you see the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's 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 odd. <laughs> it is. And then, obviously, there's the the fact that it's, it's York uh, in the past and this other person... And I'm like, does it, that connect to this thing from the director's cut? Yeah. Is, is there a link to that there, maybe? Or is or is that just something entirely different and unrelated? And then you've mentioned like possible links to D4. Yeah, I I'm I'm super curious about Deadly Premonition too. Mm-hmm. It's so, gonna be something. I am hecking curious. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else? Um, what have I played? Uh, I played a really short, sweet little game this week mm. called Concrete Genie. Ooh, this is the the pretty one. Yeah, yeah. So it, this game is maybe five or six hours long, probably about ten hours if you want to be a bit completionist about it. Yeah. And the whole idea is you play as this little kid, Ash, who. I say Ash, and I'm like, wants to go and catch them all? No, this is different Ash, different Ash. Um,. Basically, he's an artist kid in a kind of run-down town. You know, you sort of smashed out windows, um, all the all the businesses are closing, that kind of place. And some bullies, you know, beat him up, st- tear pages out of his art book. It's all very sad. And then one of his drawings comes to life and gives him a big neon magic paintbrush. And basically he's told, hey, go neon graffiti the town to make everything better. Um, mechanically, it's really simple. Uh, each area of the game has like two, three, four walls where it's like you got to go graffiti that wall, and it doesn't really matter what you put on it. If you put enough paint on it, you did it. The door to progress opens. You know, you you could really push through this game pretty quick if you want. Is wanted. there anything stopping you from painting the walls? Or? Uh, the 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 group of bullies is occasionally roaming around. They're really quite trivial to get rid of. Go climb up on a roof somewhere that isn't where you want to be painting. Uh, make a noise so they come to investigate and then go get off the roof and go where you wanted to be. Okay. Like, it's it's pretty simple to avoid them and go paint. Um, for someone like me that's no good at painting, I have no real visual imagination, I have terrible coordination. Have um, woo! This game's mechanics work really well. Um, basically, you have a bunch of pre-made, like... Uh, pieces, uh, uh, art pieces that you can sort of use intertwined with each other and the game does a really good job of sort of connecting pieces together to do oh. things. Um, the more of these like pages of the notebook that you go out and find and recover gets you more pieces with which to make art. You can draw on pretty much any surface and there's enough variety of parts to make a wide variety of different, like, bits of art. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you're not running up against, okay, I've got to make the same thing yet again. Um, and here's the thing. As, as I said, you could completely just blow through this game, because go paint only the walls they've asked you to paint. Um, just throw a bunch of paint at the wall, not caring how it looks like, get through the door, keep going. You know, that's not what this game is about. But the, the thing that really I really enjoyed about this is even though I didn't have to do more painting to progress, I wanted to. And I think that's always a really good sign with a game. When you found the joy of painting. The joy of painting. 
Uh, yeah, it's... You know what I mean, though? Like, you know it's really nice when you find a game and you want to do its yeah. core mechanic yeah. beyond the point you've unlocked progression? Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to paint that whole fucking town. I was like, I'm going to fucking paint every fucking surface I can. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, there's something really lovely about... Um, about that mechanic, particularly in the context of the plot. Um, considering how cartoony and colourful it is, I was not expecting the plot to um, touch as much as it does on real-world issues of... Um, how, how do I put this? The negative perception of cities and how that can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of the way that those areas develop mm. um you know if a place has a bunch of closed down buildings and smashed out windows people start to see it a certain way which then continues to perpetuate that state okay. of the town uh is is one thing that's really interesting they explore and like with that context in mind i really wanted to paint this town i was like no i'm gonna brighten this whole place up. i'm gonna make it mm. look great everyone's gonna fucking love this town mm-hmm. fix everything i've been uh, like loving the look of this like every time yeah, it's popped up it's it looks so much better in in motion like playing it it's mm. a fucking gorgeous lovely game and like for five or six hours it's the sort of length that there are certain games that i will occasionally just go back and play again and really enjoy just this isn't challenging, but it doesn't need to be. I just want to have fun yeah. going through it. And this is one of those games. Okay. Um, toward the end, there is a combat section. It looks very flashy. It isn't fun to play. It's just really clunky. Um, there is some, some VR content. Ooh. You can paint on a wall in VR. A um, little bit tilt brushy, but with more preset things to work with. You can't play the full game in VR, which is a bit oh, of a shame, because, like... This is the kind of game I fucking would have loved to have played in VR. Mm. Like, there's not too much moving around that it would have been a problem, and, you know. But it's a really sweet little game. It's short, but it's about the length it needed to be. Mm. It's really nice. Like, I, I want to go back in and finish painting some of the surfaces <laughs> I didn't get around to painting before, because I just want to neon this whole town. And it's PlayStation exclusive? I believe it's a PS4 exclusive, yeah. Timed exclusive? Uh, As far as I'm aware, it is just a PlayStation 4 game. I think it's... I believe it's an indie game that's made by one of Sony's internal studios. Gotcha. So, yeah. What about you? Have you played any... Uh, I can't remember how much it was. How much that be? Uh, This is the problem with doing things for review when (laughs) you forget how much things are. Um... Do-do-do-do-do... Um, 25 quid. That's yeah, 20, 25 quid for a boxed copy. I, I can't remember if the uh, digital is cheaper, but Ooh. yeah, it's it's a sort of 20, 25 quid game. Yeah. It's really lovely. I will have to give that a try. Yeah. What about you? What have you been playing? We played a thing together. <gasps> we did play a thing we together. We tried a short co- uh, uh, competitive com- short competitive deck building game. I don't know where my brain was trying to go with that. Uh, called Star Realms. Yeah. Thanks to Dicebreaker for the recommendation on that. That's that's a really that's a really funky little deck builder. It really is. You can knock through a game in about twenty minutes to half an hour. Yeah, I think we were definitely closer to the half an hour end of that. Probably. But... Like but even so, like though it wasn't dragging on. Oh no. It really just runs by and yeah. like I imagine if you, there there are cards that if you could get them early enough and cycle out some of the like starter stuff from your deck quite quickly, 
you could probably finish a game way quicker. Oh, you could have like a five minute game if you had the right stuff come up and maybe not five minute, but yeah. like pretty quick. Yeah. Um. So the general idea is much like most deck builders, you've got your uh, resource that lets you buy new cards to add to your deck, and you have your combat do damage resource. Um. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes this one different is. It's it's sort of like um, the combat system felt like halfway between Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, in that you can have these thing these bases out, which um, there are there are two types of base. There are outposts uh, and bases. Yeah, outposts and bases. Now outposts are if you have one of those, your opponent has to destroy it before they can attack anything else. It's basically a shield. Yeah, it's basically a shield. Um. You you could have other bases out. They can't attack them. You know th- this thing has to be destroyed like prior before anything else. Mm-hmm. And it has a certain amount of health. You have to have enough damage to destroy it in one move. You can't yeah. chip away at it. Um, um, yeah. And then you've got these regular bases which generate resources for you uh, that that aren't outposts. And your opponent can choose to attack them if they want to stop the resource production. But if you don't have an outpost, they can just attack you directly. Um, so yeah, there's a really interesting balancing act to isn't there to deciding like, do I destroy that base or do I go for the the direct damage? Yeah, because everything has uh, like a a primary ability and then like a faction ability sometimes and mm. a trash ability. So if you, for example, buy a card that has um, it will automatically generate you some buying power every time you get it. It might have a faction assigned to it, which means if it's uh, if you have another card with a, a faction on it, you, or, or that matching faction, you can use that ability as well. And then you might have the option to trash a card, and it will get like a one-time use of something else. But it's out of your deck. But after that's that. it. It's out of your deck. Um, there's options to scrap cards, so you can get rid of the sort of basic ten cards that you start yeah. with. Yeah. So that you're like running through your uh, your engine a lot quicker, yeah. and it, it does engine building pretty well. You've got a yeah. really nice one going in that. Oh, last was that game. the the draw build one? Yeah, you were just drawing yeah. and drawing and drawing so, and drawing. Yeah, I built a really nice little deck as we were going. Where the whole thing is, I went for every card I saw that would uh, that would allow you to draw extra cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was getting lots of like this one lets me draw two, which lets me draw another one, which lets these two. I have both of them, so they each let me draw one more, mm-hmm. and it was getting me some really powerful turns. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely decimated me on that one. I, but like then you've got the draw deck, so that you've got like five things at all times, and that's immediately refreshed. Yeah. Not even waiting till the end of the turn. It's like I bought something. Oh, I've still got three buying power left. I'm going to buy that as well. Yeah. Um, like and then you've got sort of some slight upgrade things available in the form of the explorers. It's I think something like ninety odd cards total. Yeah. So like an eighty card deck plus. Um, no, it's even more than that. It's about uh, 100, 120 cards. So it's the 80 cards, um, like, buyable deck. Then Hmm. you've got the uh, two 10-card starting decks. Yeah. It's only two player. Um, Hmm. And then you've got this mm, okay set of, uh, like, scorekeeping abacus cards. Oh, yeah, that are double-sided. And it got very confusing trying to use them to keep score. Yeah, so you'll have they'll have like a twenty on one side and a ten on the other, or a five on one side and a one mm. on the other. And uh, it was 
I like I think on the first round I was sitting there going, I need to take one health off. Um I'm just gonna use a notepad. Yeah, it when when just removing one from your score becomes a thing that you have to stop and think about how to do. Yeah. It's like just use paper. I think if we did it again, I might just like have the, rather than going, I need to make this total add up to fifty. Yeah, I'm gonna go like, look, that's fifty. Now it's forty nine, and those cards are over there. Yeah, like because you your score does change so quickly. So yeah. having the ability to like do it on there and not waste paper I, is kind yeah. of a good thing. I I did think about maybe pull out the D and D dice. Like yeah, spin down a couple of spin down D twenties. Yeah, three spin down D twenties would have been fine. Yeah. But it's yeah, I'm, but the, the fact that everything comes in the box and you don't need anything that's not in the box yeah. to get started. And it's, it's it's a nice small box, easy to transport around if you want to play a game somewhere outside the yeah. house. I think I paid like thirteen pound for it, including shipping. Yeah, it's it's a real nice little deck builder. Yeah, I, I basically I bought two copies because I didn't want to pay shipping. Yeah, on one, um, <laughs> and I was buying it for a friend's birthday. Or yeah. we were buying it for a friend's birthday present. Yeah, um, and I think that was a good one, and I hope they enjoy it very much when they get to play it. We've enjoyed it, and I think they will too. Yeah, that's. I think also it's like it's like a nice one for when you've had like a big game day with friends. Yeah, like if you just want to play like just a little, just just one more. Something like that. Yeah. I'll have a go at that. And there are, like, bonus rules in there if you want to play with up to six players on yeah. two teams. But it is always, like, two teams, no matter how many people. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's some interesting ideas in there, and I look forward to playing more of that. Yeah. What about you? Played anything the else? The only other thing I've started playing, and I've not put enough time into it yet to, you know, I'll probably come back to it next week, is a game, I, I believe it's pronounced Crossing IQ. Uh, on the Switch, and it's a little puzzle game. Yeah, it's it, it's this puzzle game that, as if you're playing on one side of a Rubik's cube. Okay. Um, imagine you've got this sort of like grid of cubes, and we're looking at the very center cube, mm-hmm. and you decide to move it one to the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole row will shunt one to the right, and the piece that gets shunted off the screen will come back on the left hand side of the screen okay. on that row. So you see how what I mean in that yep. it, it kind it's of moves. A flat Rubik's cube. It, it's like a flat, a flat Rubik's cube, right? And you're basically trying to create um, crosses on this sort of like seven by seven cube face um, okay. uh, of, of the same color. So you'll have like lots of different colors on this face, and you're trying to get things around so that you can make a cross that okay. like covers the whole face of the uh, of the the square. Mm-hmm. And they ramp up the challenge by adding things like. Uh, this these squares can't move off the side of the screen, uh, or these ones can't move full stop until you sort of make a cross, including them, and they break break up. So okay. it, it feels like one of those sort of line up the the coloured so like uh, match three. Yeah, kind of like that, but the way you move things around feels very t- uh, very Rubik's cube. It mm-hmm. feels like you're the the way that pieces move off the side and back on feels like. Te- uh, like Rubik's Cube shuffling. Yeah. So Ooh. I've not put a huge amount of time in yet, but I feel like you would do really well with the logic of that game. It feels like your kind of move thing, shuffle things around logic. Heck, I'm excited. Yeah, I I started playing it and went, I'm going to put more time into this, but I think I need to sort <laughs> Jane a copy because I think Jane will really like this. <laughs> uh, you played anything else? I've done a bit of drawing. 
Oh yeah, you've been you've been doing some art. I've done some art. Uh, yeah. So there's t-shirts now. I designed <laughs> a bunch of t-shirts. Um, based on. Uh, basically, we played uh, TKO. You, me, and Becky played TKO on yeah. my Twitch channel. Hey, Becky. Twitch.tv slash Shane Yang. Hi, Becky. Yeah, and I ordered stuff from Jackbox before, and the quali- shirt quality was not great. The print quality was coming off within days. I've got Spreadshirt shirts that I designed and had printed, like, nearly a decade ago. Yeah. And they're the, they're the, faded now, but yeah. the, like the print isn't just peeling off them. The, the price and the price versus quality for the Jackbox produced ones is not good. So yeah, like uh, the first one of the first ones we designed, I think you drew the picture and Becky came up with the uh, caption on it. It was the frighteningly gay one, the picture <laughs> of a rabbit. Yeah. Um, I got that. It cost me like twenty five quid plus shipping. Yeah. And then when it like you had one wash and the the, the Letters were already peeling off out. Yeah. It's like, mm, I like the design. Yeah. But I think I'm just going to just try and redesign it at some point. Yeah. Now I have a graphics tablet. I just sat down, did not stream on Thursday. Yeah. And we did the Celebrate Butts one, which is you leaving Yay. out of the butt. Yeah, it, butts. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. Uh, and the other one was the. Was it the Frighteningly Gay one? It was the Frighteningly Gay one. And then the next day, while I was wandering around, I had an idea for another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a cheeky little ghost with all these <laughs> little splats of ectoplasm everywhere and the caption just reads Spookake. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, really... I love a good fun. Uh, I, I, your art's been... Re- it's been really nice seeing you like really enjoy doing this uh, yeah. digital art. Um, the bit of art you were working on the other night was really lovely. The one I'm working on at the moment is uh, James Sunderland's and uh, the Red Pyramid as raving rabbits. <laughs> it's, it's adorable <laughs> and I love it. Uh, I just love that my, my pyramid head rabbit has like a a giant plunger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. kind of done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been watching lots of... Um, um, well, I'll get to watch it in a bit, but yeah. yeah, I've been having fun doing lots of art stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I... If you check out my Twitter, there is a link to the spreadsheet stuff. I will I will repost that at some point, and maybe even put a link in the th- description if you want to get any ridiculous t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Hey. So, what about you? You got anything else you played? That's everything I've played. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Mm. <laughs> Would you like it, care for some of this sherry? Oh, thank you. I've run plum dry. Thank you. Well, so I've, do you have some? I've got plenty I, spare. I appreciate that very much. Would you like a bit of my brandy? Oh, thank you. Right. My stocks were a little bit low, I must be honest. <laughs> oh. How about, uh, would you just care for some port? Oh, thank you. Again, I have no port left. I very much appreciate your offer. It's 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 good that we can do this, sir. And, uh, and, and, and I don't suppose you could spare me some scotch at all. Oh, though. of course. Here you go. Oh, we are we are quite rightly referred to as the sherry ladies. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend at the Casadrome, we've got the battle royale of the century. We got landlords versus multi, 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 multi millionaire Tory donors battling it out for the chance to see who has been the most put out or the most killed by the landlords. 
Champs. Tune in this weekend, where they'll be battling it out in a bloody brawl. All for the chance to hear the quantum violin. The chance to hear the playing of a subatomic violin. Get your tickets now. So. <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? We've put some things in our eyes together over the weekend. We did? We finally watched the final season of Preacher. Mm-hmm. Um... There was a lot going on in that final season where I did not feel like I was following what the motivations of certain characters were from moment to moment. No. I, I feel like there were a lot of characters whose loyalties seemed to change every, <laughs> like, flip-flop every episode or so. I guess there was that aspect, yeah. Like, the, uh, the, the Saint of Killers... I kept being like, oh, wait, who's, who's, whose side is he on right now? Whose side are you on and why? Yeah. Um, you know, there was quite a bit of that, but I really enjoyed that last season on, on balance. I thought it was really good. I loved it. Like, yeah. um, I, I imagine it's gonna, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been a bigger uproar about the whole oh. series as a whole, but particularly the last season. Oh yeah, no, the... Um, if you're of a religious disposition, I wouldn't recommend watching um, this show. Well, uh, if if you if you are not okay with um, messing around with the oh, concept, of, yeah, that it's it, it. I'm really happy with how that final season took some really like solid stances on pro or con God. Yay or nay? <laughs> Yay or nay? How how are you feeling about the whole God? Yeah, because I I like some of the characters they introduced in the final season. Yeah, I I like some of the characters. I like the way they dealt with certain things in the show. I I it was just so silly. It it really was. Um, yeah. It, it's a really worthwhile show. Like, I'm really glad that it didn't try and stretch on beyond a fourth season. Mm. It had a story it wanted to tell, and I think it was pretty perfect lengthwise. Yeah, and the epilogue on it was did a little cry for that. It was good and satisfying. Yeah, um, it's... I'm very hyped. I'm 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 very glad yeah. with what they did with it, and uh, I'm glad I watched it, and yeah. I'm I'm glad they knew when to end it. Yeah, I. I'm I'm glad that it's finished and I can now recommend it as a whole piece and go. Yep, it starts m middles and ends yeah, well. Yeah, it does all, all the way through. Um, I mean, second season is a little bit slower, but it's still got like a really interesting story to tell. Yeah, yeah, I was very into that. Um, and I'm glad with that. So, what about anything else? You watched anything else? Uh, we watched another thing together. We did. We watched like a season and a half of The Tick. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. That's a good silly little. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever watch the cartoon series? As as I said to you while we were while we were watching it, I watched. Uh, I've seen clips and I've seen bits and bobs here and there of the original Tick cartoon, but I didn't. I either didn't see enough or I didn't remember enough to to even know the general premise. Like I know mm. what the Tick acts like as a character. Um, I I think it should tell everything you everything you need to know that I was like. Arthur. Okay, so Arthur is turning into the tick? It's like, no, no. I was like, I, I thought it was like a Banana Man situation. It's the, you know, the scrawny nerdy kid who's like, nope, now you, now they're the big buff hero person. And he's Arthur the Moth. Yeah, he's Arthur the Moth. I, I know that now. <laughs> um, so how would you explain the tick for anyone who doesn't know? So, 
I can't. I think it was like nineteen eighties. Some oh. like I think it was Boston Comic Shop just wanted a, hey, let's sort of talk about local comic roundup stuff, and we're gonna have like a satire character based on. Uh, like current generation Spider-Man and then we're going to like riff on like other characters yeah. and we're going to have like ridiculous supervillains and stuff but it, it's not like a proper comic Yeah, and then it got a proper comic sort of like a limited run and then it got a TV series out of somewhere yeah. like in the mid 90s I think like 94 Yeah, and then it's just this ridiculous thing about this superhero who doesn't really have a backstory because he doesn't know where he came from and then you've got Arthur who's just like kind of a nerd and doesn't really want to be a hero and doesn't really have powers per se of his own but he's got a good suit he's got a good suit and he can't fly very well yeah so this is set in a world where superpowers and superheroes and supervillains are an established thing yes Um, so like decades ago this uh, alien came and he's basically superman yeah he's the alien savior can do anything from another planet that fights off all the the, the villains except instead instead of kryptonite he has big bismuth Oh yes, yes. Um and and basically like it seems like he defeated his big arch mega villain. Uh, you know, everything's the peaceful. Terror. Yeah, everything is peaceful, life is good, except Arthur, our nerdy scrawny kid with no powers is like Terra's not gone. Terror's I know gone. it. I've got my conspiracy wall. He's he still has around. Got his conspiracy wall. And turns out he's right. Time to go be a hero. Mhm. And then like there's like the balance of power and with the superheroes, that's almost on a goth uh, the the supervillains, which is almost on a Gotham level. Yeah, and then you've got like obviously the big bads, and then you've got moving into the second series, like the 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 like the shield equivalent, yes. and and sort of how that's gonna work. The official hero organization. And... Yeah, and then obviously you've got just the ridiculous plan of the first season yeah. about like this and that and that and how that all connects. And... How, how would you describe the personality of the Tick? Because um, I feel like that's a big part of the show. He's kind of a twit, but he's... like he's really supportive of his friends and he really hates evil but he's kind of a goofus. He's He's Invincible, basically. He's basically <laughs> invincible and a bit, a bit slow and a bit pompous. Sometimes. A bit pompous, but he wants to defeat evil, and he believes in his friend, and he believes his friend can do anything. And with with his friend's smarts and his being in, near invincible and super strong, they can do anything together, and anything. it's really sweet. <laughs> And then you've got like the edgy superhero, which feels very DC. Oh yeah, in no, this, this Marvel it, world, it feels very much like Batman slash The Punisher rolled into one. Yes, it's it's the I'm I am miserable and woe is my dark backstory. Who Here lives, is my cabinet of guns. Who lives on an AI controlled super boat <laughs> that's romantically in love with Arthur? It's adorable, it but is. it's not creepy. When when it's not creepy, the shower scene is a little bit creepy. Yeah, um, but like they talk that out, yeah. I think, and 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 they create some space. And it's, to be fair, Danger Boat doesn't really do anything creepy after that, it, and is like, hey, like totally respect that. But if you want to come over and watch a film, <laughs> the, it's it's a really fun 
joyful superhero show that doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's really nice to have a superhero thing that gets a good, well-made TV series that isn't Marvel or DC. Yes. Yeah, it's it's just silly. Yeah. Like, we've just started the second series, and the, the sort of first encounter we had in that is this big, beefy crustacean. Uh, and I immediately thought of Jim wearing those clap crab claws. I, I, I think my favourite thing from near the beginning of season two that really summed up that show's silliness was uh, the tick, who obviously remembers very little of his past, trying to fill out some forms about himself. He's like, tragic bat story? I don't know. Uh, you know, he's going through all these forms, doesn't have any answers to fill out. And then Arthur's like, oh, why not tick the I have amnesia and cannot remember my backstory or powers tick box? <laughs> There's a box for that? Great! <laughs> Done! It's, oh, it's charming and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch more of it. Oh, yeah, and I hope they do more. And uh, Peter Serafinowicz, uh, who was the voice of Darth Maul, among other things, oh, uh, yeah. plays, plays the tick. <laughs> so if anyone's into that... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's fun and silly. Uh, what about you? Do you watch anything else? I think that's all I've really watched. What about you? I've watched lots and lots of art tutorials. Yeah, because because you're learning them art. I am. I'm, I I I learnt some some pretty basic things that weirdly I couldn't find in any tutorial. Like I couldn't find in ninety nine percent of tutorials. Like. How do you use the basic tool set? Okay, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is this. It's like, yeah, but you didn't actually tell me how to draw straight lines without going into the <laughs> pen tool. Like, I just wanted to use a pencil and draw a straight line. Thanks very much. I wouldn't have spent most, like, probably about two hours trying to put the, the, the pyramid on the red pyramid's head. Yeah. Trying to get lines straight freehand. Yeah, this this is the kind of thing like when I was trying to do that game making thing at that game jam the other week. It's really basic stuff that can be really hard to find tutorials for because they just sort of skim over. They're like, and now just do this, and I'm like, but but how? But how do that? How do that? How how do that? And also why do that? Yeah, how and why? Hmm. Uh, but yeah, like stuff like that. I was looking at something actually something that came out of your game jam that made me wonder like. I looked up a tutorial about how to make a tileable texture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, that's like a really interesting thing. Like, mm. take it, take an image, and then like offset it so that it reflects itself into the center, and then you just have to correct the middle bit to make that connect because all the edges will already connect to themselves because you snap them around from the middle. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. That would have been really useful to know during the game jam. Well, I know now, and if you ever need textures in the future, I can try and help you make them. Funk. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's sort of got me bubbling with ideas of things like I wouldn't mind doing some new queer and pleasant strangers art. Yeah, like that might be quite fun. That can be really nice. Yeah, so like I, I'm having lots of fun coming up with ideas. Uh, don't worry, I'm still working on the game though. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got a couple of free weekends coming up soon, so yeah. hopefully I can finish that. <laughs> uh, I'm so close. I know. He's... It's one of those things where it's like every every time I think I'm nearly done, it's like uh, actually there's going to be this, and it's going to be really fucking major. It's like okay, this is <sighs> this is 100 what happens with any big project. This is what happened with game jams. What happened with books? Every time you do a big thing, it's just like no, nope, no, nope, there is more. What than if I... there was a bit more? What if there was a bit more? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, lots of that. I think that's most of my watching, though. Yeah, nothing else. Not really, no. 
Um, oh, there was one other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched the uh, the trailer, the teaser for Steven Universe Future. Steven Universe Future. Yeah, so for anyone who did, hasn't caught this, um, Steven Universe is getting one more season and this is the final season. This is the one that is wrapping everything up and... I'm honestly, I'm kind of glad I said this with the movie before we'd seen what the movie was. I was like, I kind of hope they just wrap everything up and don't open new plot threads. And apparently, Steven Universe Future is going to be set after the movie, post time skip, and just be here is a final season where we try and wrap up all the plot threads that we left un unwrapped. And, and, and also, like like Rebecca Sugar talking about that series about how they wanted to have like. They have concerns about how people consume Steven Universe and think about Steven Universe and have taken things from that and wanting to sort of go, actually this. Yeah, it's just sort of correct any misconceptions they think the audience might have about what's going on in some things. And apparently also slightly to explore who Steven as a character is when the universe at large doesn't need saving. Like, mm. with that dealt with, who who is Stephen going to be? Mm. Um, I think those are all really interesting things, and I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully have this show have a conclusion, because, my god, this show keeps getting, like, cancelled and hiatused, and I do not want to see this show, like, get cancelled without a proper ending. But I hope um, that everyone that works on this gets more work, oh, because yeah. I want to see more stuff from these people because they make good stuff. Yeah, whatever these people end up doing, I will pay attention to. Um, to Briefly, like, I suppose something else I have watched. The, uh, something Justin posted up on on Twitter this morning, I think. A link to uh, Claws. Oh, yes, yes. It's 2D animation that looks 3D. It looks almost like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Like, 3D claymation. It, it looks a little bit like not. it looks a bit like the animated stuff by studios like Leica, um, who are the uh, what did they do? Uh, Kubo and the Two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was Leica. Okay. It it looks kind of kind of that sort of yeah, look, yeah, yeah. but 2D animation. Yes. Uh, it's, it's it's incredible. Um, apparently James Baxter worked on that. Oh, James Baxter. James Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, again, it's like nice to see people from that. Like sphere of sphere of the wealth, like yeah. doing really big projects, yeah. and and someone someone pointed out like if you want to see like two D animation still going on because it's just yeah. not a thing anymore. Exactly. Like support this film. Um, but yeah, on Steven Universe Future, like there there is a there is a in- new intro. Um, Steven Universe Future. <laughs> the the main thing that I spotted in there that, that like had me interested for a plotline to be resolved was um Jasper showing up in the sort of splash of villains and I'm mm. like yeah I'm I'm glad cuz one of the things that would have annoyed me had the show ended with where the season ended or the the movie is Jasper never really had a comeuppance for the evil they did or had to face any consequences or even you know admit they were wrong or anything they got uncorrupted and then just kind of slinked away. And I'm like, I, I want to see a proper conclusion to Jasper's arc, so yeah. that, that'll that be interesting. Mm. Uh, well, I think that's everything we've watched. I then. think so. So then. Time for this. For this. Hmm. Lara, Lara, we've got a new 
sponsor? Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor, well, do you want to protest? Uh, yeah. Do Di- direct action is important. Yeah, you want to step up, get involved in the direct, act, direct action. You need things to engage with that, perhaps. I, I, I do, you know. Direct action is the, the, the only way that things change, but I'm going to need placards, I'm going to need things to cover my face so that, you know, it's harder to arrest me. Things to yeah. make the placards in exactly. the first place. Exactly. I'm going to need all sorts of, of, of materials if I'm going to, you know, get a road closed down to make a protest. Nice sturdy boots that, yeah. like an industrial vat of super glue. Yes, that indeed. Tell me more. A lot of people find a, a, a protest quite it's, it's, sensory overload. Yeah, th- that, is, that is the problem. Like, you know, I am all for a good big protest chant. I am all for, you know, the, the various things that protests require. But, like, it's all a bit loud and I can get a bit overwhelming. Yeah, so how about some specially designed ear defenders? <gasps> how about oh. a specially designed coat that creates a soft barrier around you? So that you won't have people just squidging into you or, or or shoving you. So you're saying I can get all the sensory things I need to deal with the people element of a protest, but also the protest supplies? Exactly. <gasps> Imagine that. So then you can just head over to quietriot.lol.net and you could get all of these things to uh, just, a, just a more manageable protest oh. for those of us with sensory issues. Occasionally you just need a quiet riot. Exactly, and that's the, you know, people who are, like ourselves, non-neurotypical, who like the idea that, you know, we, we want to get involved in that, but it's a bit much. Quiet Riot is there for us. So head over there, quietriot.lol.net, and enter the code QNPS87, and you too can can get fifteen percent off all manner of protest related. All of them. All oh. manner, like uh, like your first order, just a whole a whole host, a plethora <gasps> of protesting equipment. Wow. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How's uh, how's your uh, your day been? You know, money, flogging interns. It's uh, it's all good. Exactly. I, I, I wish that the coffee machines hadn't run out of coffee, but, you know, if if we whip those interns hard enough, you know. That'll... Someone's definitely getting a whipping, because, well, I mean, I can just send an intern out for coffee. That's... Yeah, but, like, we could whip them so that they go get coffee. Good call. Good call. Yeah, so, so, what what'd you call this meeting for? What's your, what's your new idea? Well, as always, money. Um, well, yeah, but, like, how are we getting that money? Well, we've got a, uh, another big a new franchise game heading out the door very soon. And I thought, you know, the best thing we could do was make a, a good old last minute change to that. Okay. So what I'm thinking is we take a, a really essential part of that game. What, like the, uh, the, the, the real ending or like, you know, a whole character or, yeah. you know, the, the weapon we've been talking about all game that's, you know, the best weapon that you're totally going to unlock. Yeah, the one that's legendary. It's yeah. mentioned in Sony, like all the textbooks and like people just talk about it in hushed tones. There's yeah, that whole yeah. scene in that bar where people are talking about it. but And they uh, imply you're going to get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, I'm suggesting we take all of that out of the game. Oh, so remove that from the game entirely. Uh, we we've done this before. DLC, you know, we sell it back to them. They pay five dollars. They get the you know the stuff that we pulled out. You're thinking way too small. Okay, tell me more. Okay, so imagine this. It's not DLC. 
It's not a microtransaction. It's not even like a season pass. So, like, how do we get the money then? Four words. Game of the year. Wait, so you're suggesting we put that content that we normally, you know, that we cut out, that should have been in the game. Deliberately ripped out last minute. Yeah, we're not going to sell it as DLC, you know. We're going to sell a version of the game that's got that stuff in. But, like, they'll have to buy the whole thing separately. And save files will not carry across. But, like, so you're saying the person who has the old copy of the game can't just buy it as DLC. No. Got to buy, gotta the, buy the whole, whole thing game again. a second the time. Whole thing. <gasps> and you know what that means? They've got to play the whole game through a second time. Yeah, because that's as addi- I said, no save file. That's that's additional investment in the franchise, which yeah. means they're more likely to stick with it and buy the next one. Absolutely. <gasps> Sunk cost fallacy and all the tribalism that we've imbued in our in our fanatical fans. Uh, you know, they're going to have so much sunk cost fallacy that they're gonna, not going to be able to help. So when people say online, hey, this is bullshit, they'll be like, no, this is a genius move. Because they, there's one thing that we know is that I am a fucking genius. That you are. So. <gasps> well, that's we put in your ears. What have I put in my ears? Yes. Um, I think we both put this thing in, in our ears. I listened to the new Adventure Zone live show, Taz Hootenanny. The <laughs> Hootenanny? Uh, it is a... It, so this one isn't a D&D uh, campaign specifically. It's called uh, Lasers and Feelings. Yeah. I think is the, the game. And it's very basic. You set your character a number between one and six. Uh, and then you have to roll above or below it to do one of two things. Like, to get... Your lasers, which is fight stuff, be logical, uh, deduce things. Uh, the, the way they described it is like the Spock uh, skill or feelings, which is the Kirk, which is go with your heart, talk someone into this, you know, act rashly. Um, it's the Kirk or Spock stats. Yeah. And it, it reminded me in a lot of ways of something like Honey Heist. Yes. Um, obviously, Honey Heist... Your your two stats increase or decrease based on what you do, whereas here it's a fixed number that you're rolling above or below. Mm-hmm. But again, it's a very simple talk about what you want to do, be imaginative, and there is a basic D6 two-number score to, to score you on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hit exactly the number that is your number, you get, like, everything's amazing! Woo! Laser feelings! Laser feelings. Um... It was a really fun little campaign they did. It was great. Uh, I liked all the country and western references. Yeah, it was... In the future, Earth music is very popular across space. The rest of space doesn't care about Earth, but they're like, Earth's got good music. And a group of people go on an adventure to go play a gig out in space in their terrible rented spaceship to try and get to the gig. But brain slugs. But brain slugs. Um... I like the very silly characters they came up with because they didn't have to worry about long-term continuity. Or not just that, like, it was rolled characters. Again, like Honey Heist. Yeah, yeah. It's some rolled aspects. Um, Yeah, and I think sometimes, like, having that sort of thing rolled for a D&D character, it forces you to be a certain way. Like, um, we recently played another sort of, um, uh, like, tabletop RPG where it was a case of, like, it's rolled. This is your personality trait. Now make a character around that. Yeah, have all the fun you want. What kind of character would have this stat yeah. or this role? Yeah, uh, and that I mean, was that. That I think that is quite a fun thing. Like, and again, we're referring back to Honey Heist when we played that. Like, me going, oh, I'm the muscle. Okay, we got such wonderful characters as 
Pepsi Liberty. <laughs> uh, and yep. qu- what was it? Quick Draw McCracken. Something like that. Uh, it, if you want just two hours of listening to a very silly country and western space yeah, adventure. A lot of uh, slightly dodgy Texas accents. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite something. Yeah. And um, I think they had a lot of fun. I think the audience had a lot of fun. Yeah, they they were definitely playing to their audience. <laughs> Indeed. Um, what about you? Have you listened to anything else this week? I started listening to the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. We mentioned like a couple of weeks ago the Shut Up and Sit Down show on uh, YouTube because I like board games. Yeah, and you gotta like board games. So yeah. it's been an excuse to like not having to watch a full review, but just sitting down and listening to people talking about yeah. games they've played. And and things they've tried recently, or like even board game events they've been to. <laughs> things they've played recently. Things, things I've never heard before. Like, have you ever heard of Mega Games? No. Like, okay, so you take a tabletop game, you might have like up to 18 players for a tabletop game. Did you right. know they did tabletop games that have up to 18 players? I, I do, I do. I, I'm terrified by the concept. Also, who the fuck can A, get that many people to meet on a schedule, and B, manage that many people as a GM? Mm-hmm. But, continue. Yes. Well, no, this is like a, yeah. a board game. Oh! An 18-player board game. Fuck. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the mega games are like... Do you have 50 to 100 people that you can get together? And to like, play a single shared game. To play game. a single shared game. Well. Like, they were talking about the fact that somebody has released, like, a mega game that you can just buy in a box. As opposed to, somebody organised this for some kind of special event. Because they did a, yeah. a video on their channel of, there's this uh, game where aliens are invading the Earth. So you've got everyone playing different countries and you'll have like a science contingent and like a public relations contingent and then like an actual sort of political leader for that area. Yeah. Um, And so like you might get all the scientists from different countries going into one room to chat about how they want to do things and the public relations people are going, no, no, there's no aliens or you know what, we're going to go public and tell everyone that there's aliens. Yeah. But at the same time, that obviously means that, like, the population might start panicking and that's going to affect literally everyone else in the whole building. Yeah. Um, like, just the idea of just mega games is... That, that seems wild. I love the concept. I um, don't know how you organise, like, 50 to 100 people to do this damn thing. Well, I, I can imagine situations like um, at a convention be like, hey... Yeah, but that's your whole convention gone. Yeah. But again, like, I, 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 I would love to do something like that someday. Yeah, maybe. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll buy the box mega game, we'll hire out a hall, and get people together for my birthday. Be like, whoops, <laughs> listen, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, we, we know fifty to hundred people. We, we, we can work it out. <laughs> but like that—that that was just some completely wild concept. To me. Yeah. Um, talking about like um, because very often they won't do they won't do reviews of Kickstarter games, but they talk yeah. about Kickstarter games on the podcast. Yeah. So there's things on there that like might never be mass produced, but it's yeah. like we got a chance to sit down and play this, and it was fun for this reason. Um. Uh, roll and write games? Like, I've not experienced a roll and write yeah. game before. Do you know about this? I, I don't know them by that name. You might roll uh, uh, <laughs> roll some dice and then that will determine like what you draw on a piece of paper. 
And at the end of the thing, you'll probably have made some kind of mistake that will have led to the end of the game. Oh. Like, there's one, um, I can't, I think it's like Dino World or something. Right. And you're basically designing Jurassic Park. Oh. But basically, like, rolling. And they were talking, like, this could be easily have been a game where they did it with, like, a bajillionty plastic parts. And you built the park out of all the different bits. And you do the thing. Or it could be a small box game that's very affordable, and you just draw it on a bit of paper, and fun happens. Aww. And, like, you don't have to worry too much if your T-Rex drawing is a bit bad, because they deliberately put drawings of, like, badly drawn T-Rexes on their cards. Yeah. To give, you know, to sort of go, it's only got to be this big, yeah. only, only got to be this good, so you kind of know the thing. Yeah. But I like that as well, like the fact that like the cost of a board game, it's not going to have hundreds of plastic parts that yeah. could, like obviously you hope they don't, but eventually they could end up just like as landfill or plastic based. Yeah. But I, so you could just go, here's the thing, there's some dice, it might have some specialist dice, a rule book and some notepads. Yeah. It just feels like less bad for the environment. That's, that's kind of nice, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I love the idea of something like Gloomhaven, which is like a bajillionty fucking yeah. miniatures. But not every game has. Not to every be game that. has to be that, and like the like the affordability as well. Yeah. I think Gloomhaven's something like a hundred and sixty quid. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful box with beautiful miniatures and like just fascinating stuff. But, but that means that it's just a bit too much for most people. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of game that you want to be able to rent rather than buy. Because exactly. I feel like if at every minute you're not playing it, you're there's regret for the amount of money you've spent on that app. Yeah. Like, um, our local board game friends have Scythe, and I think that's only been played twice, both times when we were there. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the idea that... There are more games that are like affordable, but might have a really big concept and yeah. could be loads of fun and could go on for that long. Yeah, is is fun. So yeah, I've been very much enjoying learning all about different types of board games and things I've not experienced before. Yeah, because I like a board game. And oh that goodness, I've I found out what your Christmas present's going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh I'm very excited yeah. to find out. Heck, I'm very hyped. Well then. Have you got any others? Uh, what? Listen. Listen. Oh, I've got We're some songs. Listened. I've got songs I've listened to. You, 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 you didn't throw it back to me. That was me throwing it back <laughs> well, to you. Well, you've thrown it back to me now. Um, <laughs> I did a bunch of just listening to the Sayonara Wild Hearts soundtrack mm. all week. Uh, we talked about that game the other week. It Good. is that one where it's a music rhythm game and you smooch a bunch of girls and it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to a bunch of songs off the soundtracks. They're all on Spotify and everywhere. Um, particularly what the ones that have been really getting me. Um, there's one called Parallel Universes that's all driven by this just like constant clicking uh, that's being done rhythmically. That's really really nice track. Mm-hmm. Um, I really just love the um, the the last one, the Wild Hearts Never Die, which is just a really nice track. Um, Reverie is a really good one. Night Drift's really good. It's just a bunch of really good tracks on that <laughs> soundtrack. Um, and what sort of genres? Uh, a wide variety. Of t- uh, most of them are based in female-fronted pop, but there's oh, yeah. lots of spins on it. So lots of like, um, one of the tracks might be sort of uh, pop with a bit of a sort of um, chip tunes electronic Ooh. spin on it, or Ow. some of them are like slightly jazzy pop. 
Some of them are slightly rock pop. Mm-hmm. It's it's all very unapologetically like queer femme pop with different sort of musical inspiration sort of layered on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's that game soundtrack is so good. Go go, go watch some footage of that game and try not to get excited because it's great. It's great. <laughs> Um, you listen to anything else? No. Okay, I will rattle through the songs I've listened to this week, because I've got a few. Um, there's a track called The Heroine by Unwoman. Uh, I think this is another one that I've heard previously on Welcome to Night Vale. Um, Spotify keeps recommending Welcome to Night Vale tracks recently. Mm. Um, it's sort of one woman and a big, uh, string instrument. I think it might be a cello or something. Something in, something in that ca- uh, category. Uh, this woman singing about um, running an army in a war and trying to keep her composure while a bit distraught that her love hasn't returned from battle and trying to not let her soldiers see that she's like, yeah, no, we've got to be composed, but why haven't you come back, though? Mm. Um, Really nice bit of storytelling there. Uh, Anthem for the Already Defeated by Rock Plaza Central. Uh, Sort of mask vocalist... um, it's got a little bit of like a pirate sea shanty or a wild west bar music kind of theme, but with a more modern vocal style over it. Mm. Um, track about how just because you're being whittled down by those in power doesn't mean that they can make you give up or surrender. And if you go down fighting and resisting, were you ever truly defeated? Um, no. you know, nice sort of sentiment. Um, there is a track called Empty Page by The Crane Wives. Uh, femme vocalist, quite a sort of bouncy yet sad rock track about being worried that as a creative you're being too reliant on emulating what others do and not not doing enough that's unique to yourself. Um, it, it's a track about being worried that you're a knockoff of people more talented and ah. <laughs> that, that you're muddling together a career out of, well, I can't do this as well as them or this as well as them, but if I do all of those things... At a decreased amount, I can mush it together and make something new. That is a mood. That is a that is a big mood. Um, I've remembered two things to listen to. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, I listened to uh, a couple of tracks by Melodica Melodica Brothers on YouTube. <gasps> oh yes. Um, so they do like alternate versions or cover versions <laughs> of tracks in different styles so like uh the one we listen to tonight um the way too bright acoustic cover of fear of the dark by iron maiden they did not seem afraid of the dark they didn't they seemed quite chipper about the dark yeah. and it's just like a really bright happy skippy version of yeah just it, like an otherwise quite aggy track yeah, it was quite nice and well made um and the other track i listened to um from them was uh their version of the way too happy cover of Lonely Day by System of a Down. <laughs> they do not sound lonely. No, Lonely Day is a very lonely track, unless it's this version of that track. And it's quite bright and chipper, yeah. and I, I I, like that kind of cover. Yeah. Like, I've always liked that kind of stuff, like, um, when me first and the Gimme Gimme's do punk versions of... Oh, yeah. Like, just everything. A stylistically very drastically different take on a track. Yeah, like, I used to listen to a lot of Hasty Dixie as well, like, yeah. bluegrass versions of... Just pop tracks, yeah, um, and well, metal like, tracks. You know, there's there's other stuff out there like um, postmodern jukebox, for example. Postmodern jukebox, yeah. Weird Al Yankovic doing polka versions yeah. of things. Like, I, I like, love all that. Shit. I like a good genre switch up. Yeah, I love it. More of that. Uh, I do have two other tracks. Quickly, Ooh, what you got? What you got? Uh, there's one called Alien Freak by K Modo. Um, 
It's a track. It's an in-character song about in- Invader Zim. Okay. Um, it's a mask vocalist, sort of an electronic, kind of somber track about knowing there's an alien prepping to destroy Earth, and nobody can see it but the singer. And I don't care if people think I'm paranoid. I'm gonna save everyone from this alien that's living fucking next door. Okay. Uh, it is a song about Invader Zim, and it was just really nicely done. Hey. Um. And the last one I wanted to mention, I kind of have to give a little bit of a preface for. Um, so this track is basically, it's a cover of a track from a game called Night in the Woods, which, Ooh. yeah. Uh, Night in the Woods was one of my favourite games for a while, and it turns out the, per- the one of the main people behind it was involved in some sexual abuse stuff and was a shitty person and then um, ended his own life when allegations about it came out and basically was like... Yeah, it's a whole shitty, not good situation. It's a real shame um, uh, that 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 whole situation exists, but it doesn't change the fact that there is a track in that game that I really enjoy a cover of. Um, so I'm I'm talking about this track with the caveat of made by a bad person, and there's a whole lot of baggage around that. But the track is called Die Anywhere Else, and specifically there is a vocal cover on a YouTube channel called Journey to the Centre of the Web. Um, It's basically just this track about not wanting to be stagnant. Um, it's, It's a very sort of depressed millennial take on, like... I just don't want to stand around doing nothing. I don't care if, you know, things crash and burn later. I'm going to get out there and try and do something with life. Mm. And it's it's using sort of um, slightly defeatist uh, depression as a way to go. No, I'm going to use that as a driving factor to push me forward and go do stuff. Um, really like the vocal uh, the vocal cover, but obviously take that recommendation with the hefty grain of salt it comes with. Mm. But... Yeah, that is my music this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Mm. Hey, 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 hon, wake up. Uh, have, have you heard the good news? Uh, I did wake up. What's, what's, what's happening? We've replaced money. <gasps> no more money. No more money? No. Well, so basically, we had all that problem with billionaires hoarding all the wealth. Yeah, yeah, they well, had all the the numbers on the computers that said they they had all the stuff. But that's the point. They had numbers on a computer. We've taken all that away. We've just gone. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. We're not accepting that anymore. Those those numbers don't care for them. So this morning, I got you this. Got you this nice oh, cup of coffee. So what did uh, and what did, a muffin? What did you pay for them with without money? I I. Did a, a bit of sketching. I, I took about twenty minutes out. I sit and did a nice sketch of, of the the people at the coffee shop. Aww. And I think they're just going to pop that up on a wall. And um, yeah, I, I just got you something nice. Got myself a, a, a bagel too. It's it's all yeah. nice and toasty, uh, and it's it's good good chew on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just did a little dance for that. Oh goodness, I I I guess I could pay for the the rent with a with a little jig or something. I mean, we also got rid of landlords, so yeah. I mean. But we have replaced money with art, so <gasps> any, anything you got you want to do, just just pay for it with art now. Oh. Take some time out. I I wonder what Listen I could. A nice tune. I wonder what I could pay for using a podcast. That's a good question. Should we yes. do the recording studio? <laughs> do you find those shoes uncomfortable? Definitely. Do you find them poorly fitted? 
Poorly sized. Finding something in my style that fits is a nightmare. We'll take a digital scan of your feet and make beautiful shoes in a vast range of styles and colours at an affordable price. No more forcing your feet into standard sizes that aren't quite right for anyone. Take comfort in comfort. Thanks, comfort. Question Sam, let's have a questions. What's the questions? The questions this week are <gasps> things that people have asked us. I don't know if, if you... <laughs> that, that is the concept of the questions. Would you like to hear the first of the questions? I, I would like to hear one of them. The first question is from Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Hi. Uh, what is the next untitled animal game you would like to see? Oh, what possums, what? raccoons, um, honey un- badgers. I, you, you got it. it it's untitled honey badger game. <laughs> honey badgers don't give a fuck. Honey badgers do not give a fuck. Not uh, even the most slight, solitary, yeah. vaguest of fucks. Can, can we do untitled cat game and you just go around the, the, the village making friends, just sort of nestling up to people and getting scratches? And it's just a really calm, oh. gentle screensaver of a game. No mean objectives. You just gotta try and make as many friends as you can, oh, and get head scratches and more food. Yeah. How more. many? How, how many, many breakfasts? How can many you breakfasts get? can you get in a day? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. On Dangled Cat Game. Um, tricky. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Um, says I scored a shiny Eevee with uh, flowers <laughs> on its Eevee head. Oh. What should I evolve them into? Uh, this is too much pressure for one person that never catches shinies. Look at it. I know. It is adorable. Um, so, of the various shiny evolutions, I think the one that would look best with those flowers is Sylveon. The shiny Sylveon basically swaps out the pink and the blue into the opposite ways around, and oh I boy. think I think that those flowers would really nicely accent that. Keep Squeevy as Squeevy is. Squeevy is perfect as that. That's are. totally fair. That's a beautiful Squeevy. Uh, I, I, I wish I could remember what it what it is called, but there was a webcomic I stumbled upon this week that was uh, basically an Eevee that all the Eevees in the Eevee family evolve into Jolteons, and the Eevee's just like, I I, I want I don't know what I want to evolve into, and sort of runs away from home a little bit, and all the other Pokemon help them try and make a decision about what to do evolution-wise. And it was really sweet. And I'm sure lots of people listening will go, oh yeah, I know what that comic is, and I can't fucking remember what it's called. It's top of my head. Um, Femtoy Fuckboy. Hi, Eka. Hey! Hello, I'm making soup. What kind of soup is your favourite? Oh, it's got to be a carrot soup. Mm. Carrot is the the base ingredient of a good soup. I like a carrot and coriander. Yeah. Um, I also really like uh, red pepper and lentil. Yeah. Like spicy red pepper, tomato and lentil soup. Yeah. That's a I, good hearty one. I had a really nice one once that was... um. I, I don't know if there's a good vegan way to do this, but it was a carrot and bacon. Ooh. Carrot and bacon made a nice soup. I had one recently that was very nice. It was uh, like a Thai vegetable. Mm. So it was like a, a really thick, really hearty soup, but like with coconut milk in it and oh. then all like good Thai spices. Oh, I was like, mm. they were on sale. I was like, I'm going to try that. And it was good. Heck. Uh, a squid lass in Scotland. Uh, if you were a villain in a fantasy story, what would your super evil layer look like? Mm. Just tentacles everywhere. <laughs> Just a bed of tentacles that writhe and... Stretch. And, uh, uh, my, my evil lair would just be like... Somewhere, somewhere nice and sunny with a pool. <laughs> Honestly, like... If I've got an evil lair, that presumably means that I can send people to go do my bidding, which means I don't need to worry too much about, like, 
having spaces in the home for anything else. I'm just like, no, just somewhere nice to relax. Just a tree house. Just yeah. a nice little tree house with, with blankets and snacks. Yeah, just... A, That's my evil layer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I run this all from a comfy space where I can have a nice time. Where I can do drawing and send, yeah. it, send my minions out. <laughs> um, drop. Hi, drop. Hi. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Which vampire werewolf? Ooh. Um... Marry the witch mm-hmm. because the witch can do magic, and that seems like a a good you know place to invest invest your life. Plus, they can probably protect you from whichever of the others you leave alive. Also, that witches be a are just cool. As fuck. I know, right? Like, mar- marry the witch and then be like, use your magic to teach me your aesthetic. Um, oh. now, okay. Now, well, fucking the werewolf sounds just. Mm, iffy, to say the least. Um, I realize I realize that they have human form as well, but mm. I, he, here's the thing: I know people who would pick the werewolf. Uh, we <laughs> both know people that would pick the werewolf. <laughs> Wink. Um, I and that's no, not a judgment call. No, I think uh, you, I think you'd. I say fuck, fuck the vampire. The vampire's gonna be a very cold fuck. I suppose it's the choice between uh, and as uh, someone has made this point about the the twilight books slash movies. Yeah. Like, it's the choice between necromancy and bestiality. Which are you going for? Well, again, going back to what you said before, werewolf can turn off the werewolf and you can just have a fuck with a human. You okay. don't necessarily have to fuck someone who is uh, necromantically brought back from the de- from from death, and if they decide to bite you, okay, I'm a vampire now. Yeah, but you get to be cool and gothy for the rest of eternity. Yeah, but like eternity's a really long time. I, because like if the world burns to nothingness in you know global warming, I don't just want to be floating in space. Like, right, well, although I, I live for eternity, yeah, Ooh. but you wouldn't because you'd be in the sun at that point. There'd be no way to escape it, and you just poof. It'd be nice. Well, though I think if I was a vampire, I'd care less about like. Yeah, but I I enjoy Communi- the uh, like, uh, and it's a communism moment, capitalism. I care less about capitalism and consequences. But so like I might just like off the richest people, like, yeah, off the billionaires. But also, like, <laughs> you couldn't go out in the sun anymore, and I I would really miss the sunshine. I would miss the sunshine. Maybe like factor three thousand. Oh, imagine being a vampire with like seasonal depression. Where it's Ooh. like, oh no, I'm not getting enough of <laughs> those sun sun vitamins. Maybe you would get more moon vitamins, though. Maybe. Plus shape-shifting ability if you're that kind of vampire. I- I'm going to commit to fucking the human form of the werewolf and killing the vampire. Okay, sold. Uh, Boothany Terror. Bye, Bethany. Uh, press Y to honk, question mark. Honk. I think that's a yes. Uh, Slavic Slenderverse Hipster, what is the cutest way to smooch? Like that. The <laughs> <laughs> way to do the voice. What's the next question? <laughs> uh, Okie dokie. Hi, Okie. Um, spooky Halloween question. 
Would you rather be cut in half vertically with a chainsaw or horizontally with a buzzsaw? Not an invitation to either, obviously. Uh, um... uh, as long as you start from the head first, I think I'd go with, with, with vertically. Because that's going to hurt less overall. So yeah, you're right, it would hurt less overall. I think there is an argument for if it was done quick enough that you could cauterize the wound and survive, I think you'd be more likely to be able to survive the horizontally at the waist. Theoretically. Yeah. I mean, maybe. If, if, maybe if I could be replaced to have spider legs like Darth Maul, yeah. then I'd be fine. If if it is survivable, if done correctly at the waist, um, but otherwise... It's, I don't know, I think that'd be real fucking traumatic. Yeah. Head go over quicker. Yeah, I think so. So, vertically in half with a chainsaw over the buzzsaw. Please sharpen your teeth on that, s'il vous plaît. Yeah. Uh, let's see who's next. Uh, Neg. Neg. Um, hi, Neg. Uh, how do you think Norman Reedus would explain Death Stranding to his friends and family? Um, he'd probably say, you'd have to ask Hideo. He'd be like, yeah, I recorded every voice line for it, and I don't know what this game is. Actually, he didn't record any voice lines, he's just the the body for it, I think. He'd be like, well, I know that I walk in the game, and I rock a baby to sleep, and I drink Mountain Dew. And sometimes I sit in, like, hot springs. I take a piss on a hill. Sometimes you just gotta piss on a hill. Yeah. I, I don't think Norman Reedus probably knows enough about that game right now to explain it. It's a walking simulator. There you go. But a fun one. Uh, Becky Twohill. Hi, Becky. Hi. Uh, what would you build if you had an acre of land and the funds to do whatever you wanted on it? Um, I don't so, know how much an acre is. It's enough. Okay. Um, so I had a link ages ago that a friend sent me. Because um, I always said, like, I'm probably the only one... I. Didn't I don't really anymore, but I used to play the lottery fairly regularly. Yeah. In the hopes that someday I could help like a lot of people play yeah. for Grand Surgery. Um and like there was a there's a couple of friends of mine who currently live on a boat, they're gardeners, or they they were gardeners, but they're getting really old. I yeah, yeah. Um and like I asked them, like, hey, if if you had like money was no object, what would you do with it? And they were like, We'd buy an acre of land. Um Here's a link to what we do. And basically, somebody has designed what you could do to make yourself entirely self-sufficient on an acre of land. Like, here is a bit that you would use for farming, and here is, like, how you would do this, and here's, like, a filtration system for your sewage, so that that can sort of all be cleaned and put back into the house. Here are these things and that things and the other, and, like, just how you can use it. Here's a little bit of woodland that's just a bit of woodland. Um, and like it's just like a really beautiful way to use like uh, an amount of space and just be separate from the rest of the world and not have to sort of get too long from that and I think that is what I would really like to do just like I'd be able to play music at a volume that is correct (laughs) without bothering anyone I'd be able to like have nice outdoor like parties and stuff And not worry that there were too many people in the house. Yeah. Um, like being able to grow my own food. Like yeah. I'd I'd love to like grow food, but renting that's not really an option. Yeah. Um, like that sort of thing to become be able to sort of become a bit more self sufficient. To be able to put a dungeon in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
like without for, for calling... all of those prisoners we have to arrest and wink wink <laughs> <laughs> um yeah things like that you know just just like a nice little almost hobbit holy yeah. dungeon type place ah yeah. that's that's the answer there you go um that is all the questions <gasps> so then time for this first do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Uh. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm alright. I'm feeling a lot more energised than I normally am when we have our discussions. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like we haven't spent an hour talking already before we've gotten to this point because of some kind of recording issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something yeah, like that. Right. So, uh, well, you've been, uh, you've been thinking about anything this week? In that way, what we do... Well, I'm getting an enormous sense of deja vu. I've I've been thinking about you know just uh, just just about, a bit about self care, really. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's been a very busy summer. You know, a lot to do. Your chance to see all the friends and stuff, and yeah. and obviously that's that's lovely. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like just a a realization that I haven't really had any time to just sort of. Just be. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was yeah. invited to go do, do something and see some people. And, uh, you know, I was asked, are you busy on this weekend? And I, I looked at my calendar. I was like, I've not got anything booked for that weekend. But I did tell them I was busy. And I, I think that I'm within my rights to do so. Absolutely, mate. You know, just because you don't have anything planned, so, sometimes you can be busy with a, a self-care weekend where you yeah. just... Don't book anything and have some time to stop and recover and and yeah. to, to actually stop and decompress because it's important yeah, yeah. to to you know to stop and process things and think about how you're doing and catch up on things you want to do and just have time to not be working to a timetable. Absolutely, mate. I think you know as well as this, you know, you think about this with that external people. But I think it's important, you know, when you live with someone as well to be yeah, able yeah, to yeah. take that time, you know. To be able to say, I need some time to go do do my things for a minute. Yeah, and 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 not even just doing things, you know, taking the time out to just sit and listen to yourself, to, you know, to just listen to your body. What what is what does my mind surf around when left to its yeah. own devices? You know, what what you know? There, there's that need for. I suppose you would call it mindfulness, yeah. perhaps, but just like you know, taking some time out to just think about what. You need like what, like what, what goals you might have. Yeah. You know what's what, what, what are you aiming for? What are you? Where are you, where where are are you, you in life? What are you happy with in life right now? What are you not? What could you be changing? Yeah. What, what is weighing on me at the moment? Like what, what have I not been dealing with that you know I probably need to get around to? Exactly, and it's it's really only in those sort of quiet moments alone, like yeah. properly alone, where where you can have that. And certainly in this social media age, you know there is. It's harder to switch off, and and you know also because it's much easier to maintain a larger circle of friends, yeah. uh, and I and then in that way you have more people that you know will want aspects of your time and more more, uh, more relationships that you feel an obligation to maintain. Absolutely, and it, it's not that you don't care for those people, but sometimes you just need to take the time to to you know to. Yeah. Just focus on yourself a bit. Well, that's it. We live in an age where, you know, capitalism's run rampant, so you're always working. People have got the ability to maintain more, you know, relationships than before. Also, like, you know, we've got a social media age. 
uh, media is available on demand, and you know, there's more fear of mess- missing out than ever. So you know, yeah. it's it, we have reached a point where you often it is easy to forget to just stop and have no input and just have some you time, you and your brain for a yeah. bit. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, should we? Uh, uh, yeah, let's have that. Yeah, let's have yeah, yeah. Ah, good luck, mate. Good luck, yeah. Good luck, good luck. Should I uh, put the kettle on? Yeah, so that cup of tea. Yeah. Laura? Yes. (laughs) Laura? Laura? Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Yeah, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, laurakbuzz.com. That is where everything gets posted, be it videos, podcasts, written stuff. All of it ends up there. There is Laura K. Buzz on Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you can, please consider just chucking a, d- a dollar a month or more. It really helps. It is the thing that lets me do this as a full-time job. Uh, I've got some books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's a book about being trans and on the autism spectrum. And it's out now where books are sold. You can get as a physical one or a digital one. Or if you want an audiobook, laurakbuzzstore.com. So go check that out. There's also Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. They're all self-contained stories. I'm on Pixel Square. It is a podcast I I do with the Geek Remix ladies, where we talk about video game porn. There's Podquisition, which recently had a shake-up in its cast members. So it's now me, Jim Sterling, and Comrade Zimmerman getting very political and also talking about video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's being recorded a different day to normal. It, it got recorded after uh, Podquisition. And, oh, our second episode with this new cast, once again very political. Yay! We talk about the protests in Hong Kong uh, quite considerably. There's Careful, a... Jim might sack you for that. Oh. Take away all your money. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, Jim did it too. It's all good. Oh, okay. Um... But yeah, go check that out. I was about to say Career and Pleasant Strangers is a thing you could check out, yeah, but I'm check on. that out. I hear yeah. that's a thing that people listen I, I to. I hear that's a thing that people listen yeah. to. Uh, what about you? Where are you on the internet? I am Janiac, Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I'm Stone Monkey Radio pretty much everywhere else, except Twitch, because I'm Janiac there too. I stream on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I try and do gaming on Tuesdays and, and mostly art on Thursdays. Yeah. It's nice that people come along uh, and, and do that stuff. Uh, also, I'm on Patreon, Stoned Monkey Radio, if you want to do a support of me there, or if you want to support me as a one-off, uh, paypal.me slash Jane Magnet. Uh, anywhere else? SoundCloud! Uh, yeah. You can search for Stoned Monkey Radio, you'll find all the stuff, or you can go to, go to soundcloud.com slash Jane Eris Magnet, and you'll find this show. You might be listening to this now. I am listening to this now. You are. You're li- well, I mean, you're listening to it live. That doesn't really count. Oh, I'm not listening to it on SoundCloud. No. 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 But uh, am I? Hi, future Laura. Um, I think that's all the things. I'm confused now. Oh, Curiosity Epidemic on YouTube, where I did that badly designated hero series, that the first season of which is finished. But we're going to do a new season of Polyarmory. Starting recording soon. Ooh. Ooh. We 
will Bramara return? Find out. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's everything. So Laura, sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. <laughs>